0: Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten You are now tuned to the sounds of Maximum FM It is your man DM Cool And welcome to Cool Radio What we doin'? Us. They be watching us We so prosperous Ain't no stopping us and no topping us They be watching us We so prosperous Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend and tell a friend that we are live on the airwaves of Maximum FM. Once again, it is your man DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Now, this is not only just another... Live episode of cool radio that you get on your every Friday evenings Uh, But no, this is a very special episode Because it is the last episode of 2017 The last last episode of 2017 Last week I said that that the previous one was the last one But that was the last official one Because what we do for the last episode of each year Is what I affectionately title the year-end special A.K.A. The Yes Show Yep, yep. Check the abbreviations, people. But nonetheless, this is the YES episode, and it is the fifth installment of the YES episode. In other words, it's the fifth anniversary. So for all the people who've been rocking out with us since 2013, I humbly appreciate that. Thank you very much. But nonetheless, we got some business to get to. So in this episode, we always break down the top five and four statistical categories, all right? We got, in this particular order, we have the top five singles of the year. We have the top five albums of the year. And we also have the top five artists of the year. And personally, my favorite, just for our shits and giggles, we also have the top five wanksters of the year. You get me? Top five, top five, top five. Uh, So, normally, on these episodes, I always do a panel. The panel has sometimes consisted of maybe like five people at most. Sometimes it's been four. Sometimes it's been three. This year, we're doing it a bit differently. We're going to have two people on the panel, including myself. So the other person that I have, opposite to me, very good friend of mine, co-worker as well at one point in time. This man is a visionary. He's also a music and sports blogger and dabbles in the video arts as well. He goes by the name of Marcus Brown. Marcus, say what's up to the people.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being here, I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate the time. Uh, so, like I mentioned, you do uh, video. Sorry, sorry, you do uh, sports and music blogging, and you also do a little bit of video uh, videography as well. So, tell us about all those ventures that you do.
1: So, basically, what I am, and I am a content creator and developer, mm-hmm. uh, mainly video editor and filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So, everything I do is stream through video and motion design. Mm-hmm. Um, my passions are food, sports, mm-hmm. kung fu. Yep. Hip hop, music, yep. culture. So. I like what I do, and I do what I like, and that's pretty much the best way to sum it up.
0: It's all you need, man. It's all you need. Uh, by the way, shout out to my boy, Top Boy, a.k.a. Zamora. I believe uh, you and him are friends. Uh, I had him on the show uh, a few weeks ago, actually, alongside his uh, partner in crime, uh, Ryan Campbell. Uh, but yeah, definitely, um, it's going to be a good show, man, because um, we've had talks uh, about you know hip-hop and music and what have you, and... Uh, you are nothing short of controversial, so I am expecting some uh, hot takes from you, sir. So I was going to throw that in. On
1: top of everything I do, I am a hot take spitter, yes. <laughs> as you all know. Uh-huh. When it comes to hot takes, I am all about them, create them. I'll probably come up with, like, probably four or five of them on the top of my head during the show. So let's right. see where we go.
0: That's what I want to hear. Okay. So on that note, we're going to start things off um, on the preliminary basis, if you will. So we're not going to start with the main topic as yet. Uh, but what I want to know from you, because I've asked people, you know, all across you know, social media What have you What they thought What their best moments uh, Were within hip hop So it doesn't have to be Necessarily anything uh, In the music specifically It could be things revolving Around the music Whether it be in comedy Whether it be in film And television Etc, etc Just all forms of media basically So for me uh, There are three things That came to mind actually So first thing was The uh, the craze around Big Shaq You know A.K.A. Man's Not Hot Because he dominated The second half of 2017 with that. Uh, There's also the epic Eminem Freestyle from the BET Hip Hop Awards. Huge statement was made. Line was drawn in the sands, of course. And then the final thing I noticed uh, or noted was uh, hip hop being the most profitable genre in all of music. Like officially, basically. The most selling form of genre of music, which says a lot about the genre. You know, you, you come from a genre where it was said to be a fad and it won't last more than a few years and that it's just a temporary delay off of disco and now look at where it's at. You know, people are making money off of the genre, whether it's inside or outside music. So I thought that was a beautiful thing to get that official tag in there. Uh, but for you, Marcus, uh, what say you?
1: Um, so the first one I'm going to throw out there is N.W.A., Okay, Be why is that? Inducted in the Hall of Fame. Oh, right, right, right. Of course, of course. That is a big, big deal huge, for me. Huge, huge. I'm a big fan of NWA. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan of Dre. Big fan of Cube. Right. Um, I think the joke is from the Boondocks, when I was growing up, oh yeah. he was the most <laughs> dangerous person. I thought he was gonna come kill my entire family. Right, right. I loved him for it. So. You mean the
0: dude that makes family movies? Exactly. <laughs> so seeing
1: NWA getting to the Hall of Fame was mm. a big deal for me. Right, right. Um, I, I actually some of my moments are actually a little bit more individual. Okay, no, so, that's fine. That's fine. I kind of funny. So okay. DJ Khaled, when he was at the all, uh, no, it was the All Star Game. When he kept them missing those uh Oh the shots threes for or from for half court or whatever. Yeah from Craig Sager. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was just funny because he just kept on going and right. another one and another one. Another one. I was <laughs> surprised I didn't see a whole lot of video edits on that, but yeah. that was a good joke.
0: And wasn't he a prop for DeAndre Jordan or, or for somebody yes, in the contest? Yes, yes. Was it DeAndre who? Jordan? Uh, I think it was actually because yes. the whole thing was his initials were DJ and he mm-hmm. wanted to dunk over a DJ booth basically. Exactly. And yeah. I think they had go DJ okay. playing in the background. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: that was that, so Khaled at the All-Star Game was yeah. a big, big one for me because it was just funny.
0: Right. I uh, like Khaled. I, I have no problem with him, to be honest.
1: Um, one is a little bit more personal, especially for the Toronto area. Okay. Is that during the playoffs, mm-hmm. Raekwon, the chef, was a guest at one of the games. Okay. and all the years of being a Raptors fan and you know, being a season tick holder and yeah. all the games, I have not seen a member of the Wu at a Raptors game. Oh. So to me, that was a big, big deal. They featured him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he pe- – he didn't perform. Yeah, I doubt it. No, he was just there. I would have heard about it if that were the case. <laughs> he was just there, and yeah. that was what made it awesome. So right. That was great about it. Right. Um, and I think, like, the ones that you said, Eminem. Yeah. Like, drawing the lines. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal for me. For sure. Um, but also, like you said, I think the biggest moment for me was, like, I guess, the footprint of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what hip-hop has done for, I guess, different social issues. So, like, for example, Jay-Z. mm mm-hmm. um, mental health, right. like being in a lot. Hip-hop's always been a genre about being open and yeah. being expressive. But right. I think in 2017, we saw that at a different level or even a higher level.
0: Right, right, I think um, so too.
1: Uh, I'll give everyone a heads up. You're going to hear me talk about Kendrick a lot. Yeah. That album actually had a big, big, big impact on how, uh, as a culture and as a people, we see ourselves, mm-hmm. but also how we express ourselves and how we kind of make our voice heard. Right. Because that, that, to me, 2017 was just... Beginning of a new
0: phase I think so too I definitely think so I think it was definitely A turning point in hip hop And then like Another thing I want to add Into that You know just as You are saying How hip hop is making Its imprints in 2017 The nominees For the the 2018 Grammy Awards I mean A lot of them were Hip hop artists Or hip or artists Who have dabbled Within hip hop as well If you look at the Album of the year category Um It's the first time in God knows how many years that a white man wasn't nominated for having the album of the year. And if you look at the nominees, not only is it like people of color minus Lord, but the majority of the nominees are hip hop artists. Jay-Z, Childish Gambino, Kendrick Lamar. um, I'm missing one more person. uh, Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars. And for me, I'm proud to say that I've listened to all four of those albums that came out this year. And now that I think about it, I feel like there's one name I should have included in there, but then again, I kept it to mainly rappers, so I'm not I'm not too mad at that. But basically, um, yeah, it just shows how much influence that, that the culture has had on music society as a whole. And then even if you go to the best rap album category, it's a good mixture of artists who have content, but then the artists who have like your club bangers and what have you, right? And that's all I asked for just a good mixture of what need, what has been heard what needs to be heard not just oh let's get this guy because he's popular like I felt like they've been doing that with that with that category for too many years and they haven't really been doing their their due diligence in regards to who had the more impactful album not just who's selling or who has the most streams whatever like mix it up like I don't know what their research was like but I feel like this year they they actually got it right so this may be the first year that I may watch no the first year in like four years, I would say that I'll watch the Grammys in its entirety. Before then, I just watch a couple of the performances, and you no, know, I was done after that. But this time around, I feel like they may grab my attention for two hours or so.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be the case for um, a lot of hip hop fans and people who follow that genre. It's 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 interesting you talk about the research because to me, it seems like they took a little bit more. Um, a little bit more of a focus on the, the political aspects of things, the social aspects. Right. Like for example, there was a, this year actually was a big year when it comes to like the pop club hip hop tracks. Yes. Um, I'm not a big pop club hip hop guy. It has right. to be a banger, right. you know, for it to make my list. Yeah. But this year actually there were few that actually w- that surprised me, mm-hmm. and the fact that they're not being acknowledged in the Grammys because they did sell more and they did have the most streams. I mm-hmm. think it's a, it's a tell that you know where they're starting to. Look at hip hop more of like as a political tool, as a social tool, yeah, as opposed to just say a revenue driver <clears> or <throat> even just say you know chart stoppers, essentially.
0: Right, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah, man, I think you know, in a nutshell, 2017 was just bang on. And then you know, just before we go on to the main event of the show, um, I gotta say, man, Big Shaq had probably like, one of the biggest years I've ever seen from like any like comedian who dabbles in hip hop, man. And for anyone who takes the guy seriously, like. Just cool like it's not that serious like he's already said that he's a comedian like he's already let it be known that Big Shaq is a Character and comedy and hip-hop have intertwined on so many levels I mean the biggest would be uh, Def Comedy Jam right like so many comedians made their mark on that Bernie Mac Chris Tucker you name it right so for him to create a character Uh, And then, you know, that character not even being from America, he's from the UK and being able to cross over into the Western Hemisphere and just perform his record and like create a music video and create a single out of that. That's huge, man. That's huge. Like, I love it. Like every now and again, every now and again, hip hop doesn't need to be political. It doesn't need to be. Well, every now and again. Yes. But like it doesn't have to always be like that it could always be fun it could be entertaining as well you can get a good laugh out of it this wouldn't be the first time that we've heard comedians rap or rappers become comedians i mean donald glover is one of the biggest examples of that yes. he's a rapper and a comedian he writes comedy as far as screenplays are concerned like i don't know for the people who are taking it seriously just cool but like i feel like he had a major year and i love that the thing blew up out of nowhere seemingly
1: i, I think that's a, you know that's a good point too i think one thing i'm going to add about um, i guess for 2017 it's actually a year where kind of like hip-hop started to be a little bit more unified. Because mm-hmm. you think about the comedy aspect of hip-hop. I mean, that's always been the case since day one. Yeah. You got the Bismarckese. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, my favorite, um, Chunky A. Chunky A. Ar- Arsenio Hall in a fat suit doing yeah. his album. Like, Beastie Boys. Their yeah. Their first album was and, kind of like the, In Living Color. Living Color. I think f- probably before 2017, we kind of got away from that where there had been some comedy, not so serious hip-hop. Yeah. But then there there has been a line between let's say your backpackers your your underground hip hop yeah. versus like your more commercial hip hop right it was think, segregated in a sense and i think in 2017 we probably started to see those lines start to tear down, hopefully, 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll start to see them come down a little bit again. I think so,
0: too, man. I mean, I think 20, 2018 is going to be big. I mean, you got the Black Panther movie coming out, and like, I feel like everyone and their mama is going to be on that soundtrack, man. Speaking of which, actually, funny little nugget my friend pointed out to me. By the way, shout out to my friend Kendra. She's the one who, who pointed out to me. Um, the new video for Love from Kendrick Lamar came out, basically, and there was a scene. It's very short. It's like an Easter egg, basically, um, but um, he was doing, uh, as he was doing the music video, there's a scene where someone was shooting a music video of him, basically. And I don't know what the name of that, of that tool is, but the tool where a director or the stage hand uses the thing to say cut, basically, right? On the label of that, it said, B. Panther soundtrack coming soon. I didn't catch that the first time I, I, I watched the video. Kendra caught it for me, and I had to pause it. I'm like, wait, hold on. B Pan oh my god. He dropped in East egg. And it's just like I'm just waiting for that soundtrack because I know it's gonna be lit. I know it's gonna be so lit. So
1: wait a minute. So I, I haven't had the chance to watch the video yet. Okay. That's actually what my list to do when I get out of here. Okay. The, there, sorry, it says B dot Panther Yes. As he's doing the whole soundtrack or is he on the soundtrack?
0: See, I assume that he's gonna be on the soundtrack. I don't think he's gonna do the whole soundtrack. I think he's just gonna be on the soundtrack. It's Ken-
1: it's Kendrick. Though. I know, I know, but
0: like that—that's that, thats a little too much. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm here for it, but for for a, a movie of that magnitude, I almost want to hear like a collection of artists come together and perform that. As much as I love Kendrick. But if he if he does the entire soundtrack, I'm not gonna say no. I'm not listening. Of course, I'm gonna listen to it. Remember,
1: Kendrick's whole thing is about I don't care who you are. I'm going to take you out. Oh yeah, and that's a fine. Way to take people out by saying, hey, you know what? The biggest soundtrack in our generation. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I'm the only one on this soundtrack.
0: You know what man I feel like my favorite movie soundtrack of all time was Space Jam cuz like <laughs> that had everyone on that you know what I mean and back then I'd even I wasn't even that familiar with with a Jay-Z for example but he was on that too right so I feel like this could be that next big original soundtrack, basically. So I want to hear all the contemporaries in today's genre. I want to hear Kendrick. I want to hear a lot of African artists on there. I want to hear Jadena on there. I want to hear Wale on there. I want to hear Run the Jewels on there, which I'm sure they're going to be on because they used their song for the first trailer. I know Vince Staples is going to be on there for sure. Like I just want to hear I want to hear Formation, basically. I want Formation to be on there. So, all in all, 2017 has been lit as far as hip-hop goes, inside and outside of the music. And then as far as Uh, 2018 goes, it's looking very bright. Um, On that note, Marcus, are you ready to get this thing started?
1: You know I am. I've been preparing for this for weeks.
0: All right, then. Let's introduce this year-end special with a very affectionate, cool drop, if you guys at home don't mind. All right, let's get this popping. So, the first topic that we have is going to be, as I open up my tablet right now, because... I want this to be very organized. The first topic that we have on deck is going to be, I pressed okay on this here, what the hell is happening? Okay. We are going to be doing top five singles first, all right? So here's how it's gonna go down. I'm gonna give you my top five first, you know, just straight run through, and then I'll point to you for a straight run through, and then we will delegate as to why we gave uh, the rankings to our list, basically.
1: So we're doing this in order?
0: We're doing it in order, yes. Five to one or one to five? Five to one. All right. Five to one. We got this. Okay, so let's get these started. So, number five on my list, <clears throat> as I get my mic adjusted, number five on my list, I have, and I opened up another email, actually. I'm just cutting the tension right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number five on my list, I have, and this is singles, by the way, top five singles, um, DNA, Kendrick Lamar at number five. Uh, Bodak Yellow at number four from Cardi B. Uh, Number three, Passion Fruit from Drake. Number two, Story of OJ from Jay-Z. And number one, Humble from Kendrick Lamar. Marcus, what is your top five? Five to one.
1: So Cardi B, number five. Okay. So I put Vic Mensa featuring Pusher T. Okay. OMG, as my number four. I like how you say "pusher T." <laughs> yeah, pusher T. Okay. I know it's push shot T, but yeah, yeah. If you know its history. It's pusher T. Fair trust enough. Me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Trust, <laughs> we know its history. It's well documented. Uh, my number three mm-hmm. was "Nerd" and Rayanna. Oh, that's a new Lemon. record that came out. Yes. Okay. It slipped in. Then my number two. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sorry, that was "Lemon" by Nerd and Rayanna. and then "Elements." By Kendrick. Okay, okay, okay. And then Humble by Kendrick. Okay,
0: so you had, what, two Kendrick records in there, or was that three? It could have been all 14. It it, it really could have been.
1: But I really thought this one through. DNA could have been on there. Rhapsody could have been on there. Yeah. Um, But that's my five.
0: All right, perfect. So you had had Cardi B on your list, actually. So what did I? Why did you decide to put Cardi B on your list?
1: So originally Cardi B was not on the list. Okay. And today I decided to put her on there. Only because I thought about it, and I was like, there's no way I'm escaping that song in 2017. Right. That song was It was everywhere. everywhere. It was everywhere. Um, literally everywhere. Like I listened to talk radio. I listened yep. to podcasts. Everyone was talking about it. Yep. And if it wasn't the song, it was Cardi B. That's true. Cardi B was all over the news. So mm-hmm. you can't deny the fact. I mean, I would be not a hip-hop fan if yeah. I did not
0: put her on the list. Hell, she even got nominated for a Grammy. That's what threw me off. I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. So car
1: yeah, you know what the song's kind of dope actually.
0: All right, all right, yeah, no, it kind of is like you have to be in the mood for. Like I always tell people, when it comes to trap music, for me personally, I gotta be in the mood, man. So I gotta, I gotta be lit. I gotta be, I gotta have a bit of a buzz going on. I gotta be in the right environment for me to really enjoy it. I I can't just be stationary and be like, okay, this is what's happening right now. I
1: I think what for me, it's. And I like to see if there's a stat on this. It's probably the most parodied song right. of the year. Okay. I've heard a lot of parodies of it. A lot of people making their own versions make a lot of just stuff from it. So it's one of those things where you hear it. And if you don't really like the song itself, it did remind me of something I saw. Yes. Or it was like the backdrop of some sort of <laughs> meme or some sort of funny video. Right. So it's popularity. Yeah. If, if you're going to rank it by popularity, it mm-hmm. definitely should be number one. Yeah. But at the end of the day, though, I put it on my number five just because it's just the social impact. You can't run away from it.
0: Right. Fair enough. Um. What which Kendrick Lamar record did you have at number one again? Humble. Humble? Okay, that was me too. Okay, fair enough. Um, you had, but you had Element at number two. However, why did you choose Element at number two?
1: So my biggest struggle was tossing up between Humble, yeah, Element, and DNA. Right. The reason why I had Element as number two, um, so being a video guy, mm-hmm. what I liked about Kendrick's well, one of the many things I liked about Kendrick's album is that he literally for me brought back. Video editing and video production back into not only hip hop but in the musical game. Okay, like those three videos. Yeah, were just insane. Right, humble was insane. Like I lost my mind when humble came out. Yeah, and I didn't think there was gonna be another video this year that was gonna top humble. Right, but element was pretty damn close. Yeah, like, element was just
0: element was like raw documentary style. It almost. was beautiful.
1: Like literally, people had references to like old photographers. Yeah, had references to like um, old hip hop, like to his his life, his story, mm-hmm. like the motif of like violence. Like it's just mm-hmm. insane. Like to me, the reason why I put "Element" as number two is not only because of the song the song's amazing, yeah, but the music video just bumped it up there, for right? Yeah. For
0: sure. Now I had "Story of OJ" at number two because I did not expect to hear that out of Jay Z. Like, I know Jay-Z's a wise man. Like, I know he knows his history about as far as, like, black contemporaries are concerned and what have you. I just never thought that I would hear him, of all people, go that deep, basically, to name a song after a political, not political figure, but uh, as a public of a public figure and to go really in-depth sociopolitically with it, basically, talking about slavery and the roots of slavery and how slavery is also institutionalized how it's also systemic and how we become uh slaves to our own minds basically because of stereotypes that are placed upon us and then when the music video came out for it i mean the fact that he used old blackface cartoons to illustrate his point i mean that's powerful right there man that is powerful i mean he even had the parody of nina simone the person that he sampled for that record in there as well almost as like a as a bizarre homage of sorts which i really dug as well um I did not expect that from Jay-Z, I haven't even heard that, I haven't even seen anything on that level from an artist that you would expect to hear that from, like let's say a most deaf or something like that, so for Jay-Z to be completely out of his comfort zone to deliver us that type of record, I was on board for it, I was here for it, I was like, okay Jay, that's how you're moving right now, All right, you might make me interested in this new album you got, so that was my reason for that record in particular. Passion Fruit took over the first quarter, maybe the second quarter, I would say, of the year. So I think that came out, what, like April or something like that?
1: Uh, yes, April or Mayish, May, yeah. yeah.
0: So just in time for the summertime, basically, I yep. would say. Um, yeah, no, that no, Actually,
1: not just in time for the summertime, just in time to sell OVO tickets. Oh, yeah, of Let, course. Let's, let's be straight Of course, up, of course, of course. Drake is a very smart businessman. He is, he is.
0: He is. Um, but yeah, no, that took over. Like, I kept hearing about the record. I hadn't heard it uh, at that time. I'm like, yeah, I'll listen to it when I listen to it. And then I heard the record. I'm like, oh all right, this is smooth. This is not the type of production Drake would you know, sing or perform over, but I'm digging it. So I, I understood why people liked it.
1: See, Passion Fruit was actually, if I was to make a top 10, it would definitely be my top 10. Okay. Uh, the thing I liked about Passion Fruit, I remember when it first came out. Yeah. So when that album came out and was streaming over Apple Music, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, that was actually one of the most social records I've experienced where I was like online and chatting with my friend, like, my buddy Alex from California. We were yeah. just going back and forth. Uh-huh. And I remember when Passion Fruit came out, I was like, "Hey, wait a minute. This is, like, old school. Like, I'm a, I, I grew up in the 90s. Yeah. But the, the old classic house. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, to me, it's the first part of that album. Yeah. And then even Passion gave me that feeling. Right. So I would I, I would give it honorable mentions. Yeah. Didn't crack my top five. Right. But that, yeah, it, it changed. It, it, it went back to the whole fusion Style of hip hop that I loved
0: Yeah And yeah It was a good sound for Drake Like I've always If there's one thing I've been critical about uh, In regards to Drake It's always been his content Like Or subject matter specifically It's It sounds the same Throughout each And every album Project Whatever you want to call it Playlist etc At least as far as production goes, he's kind of changed it up a little bit. He's added some South African influence in there. He's added some uh, London influence into it as well. So at least from a sonic standpoint, I can actually appreciate what he's experimenting with. And it's working for him so far. I just wish I could hear a bit more subject matter outside of what we already know, basically.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I'm not saying to completely get rid of it. Just add more to it.
1: So here's my hot take. Okay. I know this is, we're talking about 2007. Yeah. But two thousand eight is going to be the ten year anniversary when we all openly learned about Drake.
0: That's true. Yeah, Ransom
1: when he was on Ransom yeah. with, with Little Wayne. Th-
0: that was a hot record.
1: Yeah, in the middle uh, fall summer. That's yeah. going to be a ten year anniversary. Yeah. Don't be surprised if J- Drake doesn't celebrate his ten years.
0: He could. Like, I mean,
1: More Life was probably just a filler. Oh until, yeah, it's definitely filler until next year. So I think what you're looking for, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if we see that next year.
0: I would hope so because I thought I was going to get that on Views to be honest. I thought Views was going to be his magnum opus because now he has a, an entire album that's going to be very Toronto centric, you know. Yes. As opposed to the album cover and the original name of the album which is Views from the 6 basically. I thought I was going to get that with him. After I didn't get that, I was like, you know what? I'm just come to I'm, I'm going to come to grips with knowing that Drake is in this particular lane and that's how he's going to stick going forward, which isn't an issue or a problem, but I don't want to get my hopes up and hope that I hear like comeback season Drake or even so far gone Drake, you know. So whatever Drake I have right now, I should just accept it. That's going to be him, and then just keep it moving. Basically, that's the the attitude I had after views came out.
1: I was can't uh, can't have everything. Was that a single? I can't remember if he released it or not.
0: Ooh, I can't remember which record that was. To be that honest. was on,
1: that was on More Life. That was the one where he just went into that raw like hip hop beats. Like he kind of went like old school. Rhymes, Drake. I'd have that's to. Drake I, I want to hear. I
0: gotta listen to that record again. But if that's the type of Drake you're looking for, or the type of Drake you're describing, rather, that's the kind of Drake I want as well. Because I've always said to people, when Drake tries and raps, he's a spitter. Like he goes in. Like I remember one of my favorite records from him is Tuscan Leather. Yes. He just went in on that record. It sounded like an old school Rockefeller just blaze beat from like the early 2000s. He's just going in. Um, the record. Um. What's that record he had with Rick Ross, man? Um uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. But anyways, all I'm saying is like when he spits, like he goes in. Like I wanna hear that Drake. Like when he's that hungry, I'm a Drake fan fanatic for real. But when he just does what the competition is doing and just kinda goes with the flow, it's like, Come on, man, like you're a trendsetter. Set the trend. Don't don't ride the wave. Create the wave. You know what I mean? So that, that's just my opinion on Drake uh, But nonetheless I have to give Prosper props Dude Passion Fruit was a hot record in my, mm-hmm. in my opinion So that's why I included it In my top five singles Basically yeah. Alright So On that end Ladies and gentlemen Listening Watching at home later on On YouTube What do you guys think About our top five Hit me up On Twitter At cool underscore radio And let me know What you think Alright Now We are going into The next topic Which is The top five albums Now this is my personal Favorite album uh category right here basically because this one was easy for me. Now what I will say is this before I get into the top five of albums. There are a lot of good hip hop albums this year, man. Like I could name maybe like a good ten that I could probably play at least one time and be like, yeah, that was pretty decent. That was pretty solid. And there's a few more that I can listen to like ad nauseum basically. So I like how and I know you have a hot take in a second, but before I let you get to your hot take I find it funny that a lot of people say, oh, hip-hop's dying, hip-hop's dying, et cetera, et cetera, but there are a lot of artists who put out some pretty decent content this year, and you can't really give me that argument of hip-hop is dying when I heard 10 solid projects, whether it be from mainstream acts or quote-unquote underground acts. Uh, now, before I go to my top five, you were itching to have a hot take, so I'm curious to, to know what it is.
1: No, I was asking to add on to what you said. Like, I agree with you. There were a lot of good albums to share, Yeah, but there was one great album. Oh, yeah, yeah, of one course. Al- to the point where that, and again, this is just me just preempting my list. Yeah. That one great album made my list the hardest list I've ever made in my probably in years. Okay. Because I everything else just does not compare. So. Right, whenever right. If you want to run it, we can go. All, all
0: right, all right. Fair enough. I uh, I have a good idea of what our number ones are gonna be anyway, so it's not gonna be that climatic. But nonetheless, we still have a show to do, ladies and gents. So I'm gonna get to it. So. At number five for top five albums of the year, I went with The Chief from Jadena. Number four, I went with No Dope on Sundays from Side High the Prince. Number three, I went with Forever is a Mighty Long Time from Big Crit. Number two, 444, Jay-Z. And number one, Damn from Kendrick. Uh, Marcus, your top five, please.
1: All right. So I'm actually going to change my list. My new number five okay. is going to be 444 by Jay-Z. Number five? Oh, oh shit. Okay, okay, okay. Go,
0: go on, go on. <laughs> this,
1: for those who know me, this is going to be controversial, but my number four, Okay. Migos Culture.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Uh, All
1: right. <laughs> my number three, it's a yeah. very personal one, okay. Cream Riggins, Head Nod Sweet. Okay. What Up, doe Detroit? And then number two, yeah. there's no way that this was ever, like, I'm surprised I didn't make this number one. Okay. Just being who I am. All right. But my number two. Is the saga continues. Oh, Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Okay, okay, okay. And then my number one, Damn.
0: All right. Damn. Damn is number one. Okay. You had Jay at number five. Okay. Please elaborate on that. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. So,
1: if it's anything, Jay's number five because he got bumped. So.
0: Like, he got bumped down from, like, a higher spot? Exactly. Okay, okay. So. B- and then, but Before you expand upon that, what spot was he at originally?
1: So, he would have been number three. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, go on, go on. So. Okay, I, Let me put it this way: He would have been number three, and then Drake's "More Life" would have been within the top five. Migos' "Culture" was the one I added to kind of rejig my whole entire list. Mm-hmm. The reason why, kind of like we're saying about Cardi B, yeah, I could not run away from that Migos album. The <laughs> point where, like, I listen to that album yeah. more regularly than I expect my like, I'm kind of shocked, right? Like, it's it's. You know, I hate the term "guilty pleasure." Yeah, yeah. But it's become that. Oh, I mean, to me, there's no guilty pleasures. I like music, so there's right. no guilt into it. Right, But right. that album, I listen to it like badge and bougie. I'm like bad and bougie. I'm like yeah. okay. Um, even the fact that DJ Khaled, uh-huh. okay, he, oh, you guys ain't saying megal's about the culture. It's about the, like I was like, okay, maybe they are about the culture. Like, yeah. I know. To me, I think again the pop impact their social impact that album had, yeah, there's no way I could not have it in my top five. Right. So that's when I rejigged the list and bumped Jay-Z down to number five. Okay, interesting. Um I'll throw one more thing. The Cream Riggins album. Mm-hmm. So I went to school out in the D- Windsor, Detroit area. Uh-huh. So my my favorite Rapper, my favorite producer, my favorite, my, my spirit animal. Okay. <laughs> Jay Dilla.
0: Okay. Oh, of course, of course.
1: So Donuts is one of my favorite albums, and mm-hmm. that was a straight instrumental album. Right. I totally forgot about the Cream Riggins album because that's, just, again, another straight instrumental album. Mm-hmm. Um, very much like Donuts, and it was it's really good. Right. And it made me realize, okay, that whole art form of instrumental, like the producer's a big part. The producer, the DJ, is a big part mm-hmm. of hip-hop culture. hmm Especially now that it's gone beyond just the mere sampling. You got guys writing their own music, creating instrumentation, um, everything. Mm -hmm. So that's why I I, I just had to put that in my top five. Right, right. And then it just worked its way to number three.
0: Right, fair enough. Um, I'll say this. I did not include Migos in my top five simply because of the fact that I didn't listen to the album. That's the only reason why. Had I done it, I don't know if it would have been in there, but... I chose not to just because they're not really my cup of tea, basically. Uh, but I would p- throw them in the guilty pleasure aisle anytime Bad and Bougie comes out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I only jumped on that record because Childish Gambino endorsed it, and I'm a Gambino fan, so I listened to it. I'm like, okay, this I can understand why people like this, and then it just caught wildfire, basically. So
1: sorry, so you say you didn't listen to the album? I did not listen to the okay. album. So I'll give you a reason to listen to the album. Okay, why? So two chains came up with uh, his album. Girls like, what was with Girls Like? Girls Like, like Trap Music, music right? Yeah, yeah. So I listened to that album like probably back in whatever, June, whatever. Yeah. And it was 30 tracks. Uh huh. And I was like, 30. I, I love Two Chains. Yeah. Like, I love him. But even that album was kind of like, yo, I have to like take a step back. Yeah, 30.
0: Holy cow. That's a double album, basically. And
1: again, it's because it's I don't, I don't know if it's the genre uh-huh. or whatever to may be. So love Two Chains, couldn't make it through. Mm-hmm. Migos, same, it's the same type of album. hmm but it banks from the beginning to the end. Right. Like, literally, it is even, like, everything they talk about is just kind of like, okay, really? Are they saying this, saying that? Yeah. This this is trap music? But at the end, it actually flows. So if you do get a chance, listen to that album, you'd Uh be surprised how good that album is. All
0: right. Because I've been trying to, like, understand the hype behind Migos, basically, right? And I'm just like, you know, everyone keeps saying, you know, um, I think everyone keeps saying Quavo is the one who may go solo after a while, whatever, and it's just like, I don't notice the difference between the three members. So it's just like, why does this guy stand out above the rest? You know what I mean? That may be a hot take for Migos fans and everything. So
1: oh, don't, I agree with you. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: don't, don't shoot me down in the comments section or whatever. But, like, I'm just saying, like, I don't understand the hype behind – well, I understand the hype behind Migos, but I don't understand the hype behind, Qu- I think, Quavo in particular because everyone keeps saying that this is the guy that's going to go solo if anything happens, whatever. I just – I don't see what the appeal is. Maybe his image or whatever, but then again, they all kind of have the same – aesthetic style so to speak so i'm just trying to figure out what everyone is on that i'm not on like it's almost like with chance the rapper for example like i'm not a huge fan of chance the rapper i i don't want to say he's overrated i don't want to say that but i kind of feel like his fans boost him to like a to like a profile like a kendrick lamar or whatever like i i i respect the person that chance the rapper is but as far as his lyrical game it's, it doesn't hold a candle to Kendrick in my opinion. It doesn't even hold a candle to Jake Cole in my opinion. I feel like Logic is a better rapper than than uh, the Chance the Rapper. Rap. But I just like his content is cool and I like his infectious energy. But as far as his lyrical ability, he's not giving me chills. He's not giving me that wow factor that I really wanted to get. So I'm just saying, yeah. So I kind of feel somewhat of a way with the Migos when it comes to like trying to figure out the understanding behind the hype of certain members of the group in particular. So that's just where I'm coming from. But I from. think
1: that's that's what it is. Like to be honest, if you showed me a picture of Migos, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know who they are. Yeah. I like, before either. I even listen to the album, I thought Migos was one person. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair <laughs> so fair enough. at the end of the day, I mean I think what it is is that it's it's as an album it's just just has something that just is, just attracts you, it's affectious. Yeah. You don't really know anything about them. You probably don't really care about them. Uh-huh. It's just if you literally, if you listen to that album, Yeah. There's no way you, at one point, you're not bobbing your head, and you're not... Right. Maybe it's a different type of trap music. Again, I don't know. Yeah. I just know that that album does bang.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I I might check it out. I I might check it out, because there's a lot of albums that came out this year, and I really wanted to put a few of them on my top five, like... I was struggling, for example, with that Joy Badass album as far as putting it in the in my top five. The American, All American Badass, I think it was called. Um, I really wanted that to be in my top five. I really did, but it just didn't make it. That, if anything, it's my honorable mention. The saga continues. Was wicked. I loved it. It's it's good old fashioned Wu Tang. Method Man had a resurgence on that album. I don't know who lit a fire <laughs> under his ass, but he was ripping every single verse he was on. The man said lines like. Uh, I'm nutted with the bars That's a payday I'm like Get the hell out of here Yo This is a 1994 Why are you so Why are you lit right now man You're crazy You're killing me meth It was this Dope verses all around From meth Um there were some weak verses on there from like other members of the Wu, but I just felt like Meth' meth's energy and just like his ability to take over certain records is what grabbed me altogether. And it just felt like old school Wu Tang in the terms of you know sticking to their to their um, to their origin story, so to speak, to their to their um, source material, I should say, like sticking to the comic book references, the kung fu references, like any old school Wu Tang aficionado wants to hear that out of a Wu album, basically. So. I'm kind of sad I didn't put that in my top five just because it didn't grab me as much as the other albums did. Um, in regards to why I chose, why I chose, you know, certain artists or what have you, um, I went with yeah, Jadena at number five with the Chief. Yes, that album was so underlooked, man. It was so underlooked, and I feel like the only issue was that when Classic Man came out, we didn't hear too much from him as far as his own material. Maybe he was on features here and there, but I think. The hype kind of died down, and then he just kind of pushed out his album, and that was it. But I just love the fact that he blended traditional hip-hop with new-age hip-hop with uh, with uh, some Afro beats in there as well to speak to his Nigerian heritage. And his vocals, like, this guy can sing, man. Like, when I hear him sing, he reminds me of a reggae artist. Like, he reminds me of a Bob Marley. He has that that raspy tone to it. It sounds so soulful. And I just feel like the whole classic man, you know, aesthetic Leads well into his music as well Like if I had to compare him to anyone Like to me he's almost like Andre 3000 Meets Wyclef Jean With a dash of Kanye West 04 Like I think people Should really look out for this guy Like he's disgustingly underrated Right now in my opinion I feel like he can Bridge that gap between American Hip hop and then uh, African music basically He can bring those two together in my opinion He could be that next International crossover star He could be like a K-9 Or a Clef, Like if the cards Play in his favor That's my right, personal right. opinion I am Right um, I, Who else I go with I went with Oh Oh I gotta talk about this guy Right here man So sci High The Prince uh, No Dope On Sundays I don't know if you've ever heard it uh, But This was a sleeper album Mind you It's only been out for like Not even a month It's only been out Maybe beginning of December maybe Right But it just grabbed me automatically. Because I've been following Sai High ever since 2011 when he was on the freshman cover. Yep. I heard the freestyle that he did for the BET Cyphers. And then his verse on Kanye's My Beautiful Duchess of Fantasy. And then I heard his mixtape series, The Royal Flush. Um, up until this point, I think my favorite project from him is Black History Project. Excellent, excellent mixtape. That should have been an album, uh, in my opinion. It was a dope concept album. Um, but this guy, he's witty with the wordplay. He has content. He has this charisma and charm about him that's very infectious. Um, To me, he's the perfect package of what our rapper should be. Uh, In terms of the aesthetics, that's purely subjective in my opinion. Uh, But he's a southern rapper in terms of where he's from regionally, he doesn't have that, that same Southern draw, but he can rap over Southern beats, basically. And that's another thing about him. He's very versatile, and he shows that on this album. And he mixes a lot of religious themes with a lot of what people go on with society today. And one record you need to hear is a record called New Africa. If you haven't heard that record, that's one record I surely recommend on that album. Right. And that's a record that I would personally petition to have on the original soundtrack for Black Panther. I'm just saying. Um, what else I got, man? I got... Who else I got Uh, Oh I gotta talk about this man Uh, This will be the last album I touched upon Because the next two Are self explanatory Uh, But Forever is a mighty long time From Big Crit Listen This guy put out The most soulful album Of 2017 I don't care what anyone says This album has so much soul I caught the Holy Ghost Every every single time I I hit a record Like it was crazy So much soul He's got soul man He's got soul James Brown is envious of him That's how much soul he got Like Big Crit, I've been following, again, since 2011, since I saw that freshman cover. Um, And he's been grossly underrated. Like, to me, he embodies the South. I've been kind of prejudiced towards Southern artists because they have that draw to them. They just talk about the same uh, stuff over and over again, just very derivative and what have you. But he mixes it up. He'll give you that ratchet, but then he'll give you that righteous as well. He can sing on records as well. I can listen to him sing through a whole track if if I wanted to, and like to me, he just embodies like the traditional self. So he reminds you of an outcast, of a UGK, of a 36 Mafia. Very a very sample a heavy type of artist, and he produces his own tracks too. So he just knows the sound and he caters to it. And he did that on this album. And what I loved about this album is that the fact that it was a double album. On one side of the album, he talked about Big Crit as in the artist. On the other side of the album, he talked about Justin Scott, the man behind the artist. So what Justin Scott had to go through as a person to to make this project. What Big, Threat, what Big Crit had to go through to kind of maybe at times feel as though he may be compromising his artistic integrity. He brought all that together and it took about three years in between projects for this to drop. And he had to go through like a lot of label situations or what have you. So because of that, I understood why it took so long for this album to come out and what I got out of it. Totally pleased with it. Easily in my top five, easily. And then rounding out four forty four and damn for obvious reasons.
1: So going back to my run and out with Wu Tang, the Wu Tang album. Yeah, yeah. Two things I that- Okay, first of all, what you just said about the whole, um, like, meth going off and it was just kind of, like, it was like a classic Wu-Tang album. Mm-hmm. I- I'm probably one of the top five biggest Wu-Tang fans in the world. Sure. Like, and that's not even a joke. Like, <laughs> challenge me. No, nah, like, I believe you. <laughs> I got, like, I got a Wu-Tang dollar, dollar bill. Nice. Like, straight. But <laughs> basically, <laughs> um, I think a big part, of, oh, I remember when I heard the intro, yeah. I had to actually pause in the middle of the intro because i was like i couldn't deal with this anymore
0: right, right it just right. brought me back to it brought me back
1: first time i heard 36 chambers
0: it's all just one hell of a drug i tell you yes
1: and then i think another thing i want to point out about it that really caught my attention rizzo didn't produce any of the tracks yeah yeah it was mathematics all mathematics Riza did the executive production mm-hmm. but it was all mathematics yeah and that to me in the past has been kind of like what kind of scares me off because i'm a big Riza fan again yeah. jd and the riza those mm-hmm. are my spirit animals. Right, you know? right. So, when I saw that and I listened to the album, I was like, okay, this is different. So yeah. I, that's why I put it as my number two because it was just kind of bring me back to an old sound that mm-hmm. I grew up on. Yeah, and actually, I based a lot of my work on, like, right. a lot of my stuff I do is based on Wu Tang thoughts, as I call them. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah no, no, that was a, that was a dope album. I loved every single minute of that album. Like, it was it was crazy, man. Like, it wasn't their best album, of course. Like, I don't think anything is gonna top. Uh, 36 Chambers, just because it was so raw, so different. Never. Maybe Wu-Tang Forever may be the closest thing, but beyond that, I would say 36 Chambers will be their best album. Um, they're, they're more than one to prove me wrong, and I'm here for it, but like, I think that's going to be the standard bearer, as with many first projects, just because it's a, it's nothing that we had ever heard before at that time, basically. It just kind of transcends beyond time at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, no, nah, that's, that's definitely a, a dope album right there, man. Um, and then... Let me let me touch on let me touch on Jay real quick as far as yes. 444 goes because it, I would be doing a disservice to people if I didn't, man. And I'll try not to be too long on this, but when it comes to 444, Jay finally gave me the album I've been waiting for from Jay for a very very long time. My biggest complaints And criticism of Jay-Z is that he always had this too-cool-for-school persona. Like, he would never tear down his walls. Like, he would never allow himself to be vulnerable for more than 10 minutes. Every now and again, we get a little nugget like Song Cry. Or um, This Can't Be Life. Or Lost Ones. Like, just a little bit every now and again. Just a little dash. But I wanted more. I want vulnerability. I wanted his skin to be penetrable. Just take off that Luke Cage facade that you have going on. I want I want to talk to Sean Carter the person, not the business man. I want to talk about Sean Carter the person. What are you feeling right now? And he got me with that. He talked about how he felt like shit when he cheated on Beyonce, when he looked at himself in the mirror and and asked himself, how can he be a positive influence in his daughter's life, both his daughters? Um, He talked about his mother being a a lesbian because of all the tribulations that she went through with with her former uh, husbands and and boyfriends, what have you. He talked about, you know, story of OJ, we already went in depth with that. He talked about, you know, the struggles of his community within uh, uh, Marcy Me. basically. He... he he led his soul out there, and like he wasn't even trying to chase radio this time. He was like, "Screw it, I'm Jay Z. I've created an empire, a dynasty. My name is already etched in stone. I'm gonna be one of the greatest hip hop artists of all time, if not the greatest. And I've also made um, landmarks in, in music in the in the industry as a whole." And he just said, "Screw it, I'm putting this out there. I'm not gonna even put anything in anything." two extra into the album cover. He gave some dope visuals as far as the music video goes and, and used his Rolodex of Contacts to like get some of the hardest actors to play certain characters in his videos as well. He just let it out, man. He just said, screw it. I don't care. Uh,
1: even though I had it in my top five, uh-huh. I would not consider it one of my top five Jay-Z albums.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Um,
1: even though everything he did on his album is everything I believe a person should do in all their work. Yeah. But with Jay-Z, I think I hold him at a statue where, like, Jay-Z gave me the album I wanted when he did the Black Album. Okay, fair enough, Like, yeah. to me, that album was still one of his top albums. Yeah. Hell, he gave me- that was, more, that's, a,
0: that's a top five in my category for Jay. He, I put that at number three, if anything. He gave
1: me the album I wanted when he did Visible uh, Doubts. Yeah. Reasonable Doubts is probably still- Actually, I, I still I have this argument all the time. Right, right. It might be the, my favorite Jay-Z album just because okay. that, to me, was the most- I think he was more raw then yeah. than he is now. Because right, right. when he wrote that album, he was still selling drugs. Yeah, he was hey. still selling
0: drugs. He still had the the shinicking sound you know, in, yeah. in, in, in his delivery. So, yeah, he was still pretty raw at that point.
1: But what I think I like about this album that kind of trumps all that is the fact that he's in his 40s. Yeah. he He's an old man. Mm-hmm. He's a grown man. Yeah, in, in hip-hop years, he's an old man. Yeah, yeah. So and the fact that he's almost kind of like, you know, screw it. I'm just going to just tell you my life the way that is. I don't you no know, I don't sling bags of dope anymore. I mm-hmm. sling diapers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like and I think that is kinda what made it a top five album for me. Mm-hmm. Um not necessarily for the production. Um not necessarily for his lyrical flow. Mm-hmm. But just I think just the feeling that he gave. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you like on all that.
0: Right, right. And then, you know, just to touch on Damn as well. I mean
1: Touch on I could go off.
0: I mean trust me, I could go off too, man, but First of all, damn. I mean, he gave us two albums in one, basically. Like this, you, We have to take into consideration that this album came out in April of this year. Yes. Okay? We didn't know about this album coming out until two weeks prior, or a week prior. I can't remember what the timeline was, when he dropped uh, The Heart Part 4, and then just threw Subliminal Shade, allegedly at uh, Big Sean and Drake, and, and you name it, right? And that alone got us hyped for what was to come. And then he dropped... Um, he dropped the Humble single, and then eventually he dropped Damn on Easter, and then every blogger in the blogosphere was writing out think pieces about what may be next to come. Is he going to be dropping a sequel to Damn within the next three days to coincide Res- with Easter weekend, right? Resurrection. Exactly, yeah. So they ha- he had us thinking that the entire time. And obviously it didn't come out, but technically it kind of did when you realize that when you listen to Damn backwards, it's another album, basically.
1: Yes. The album is a totally different story if you... Play it in reverse Yes like, Which was released As a special edition mm-hmm. And it's that's just nuts That it was written that way Yeah um, Another thing about Damn Is that It did not only As an album Chart the billboards mm-hmm. All 14 songs Individually Yeah Entered the charts They did yeah like, They
0: all entered the charts of the billboard uh, top 100 Yeah Like that is that's insane That's insane
1: Like Damn is not just A great hip hop album 2017
0: It's a great album overall I
1: think it's one of the best Hip hop albums
0: ever written I agree, I agree. This, to me, is another classic from Kendrick. Like, and I have this debate with people a lot. Like, as far as albums go, he's never had a bad album, he's never had an okay album. He's had at least good albums, at least, at the very least. As far as what cla- what, what I would determine classics in this catalog, I would determine, like, instant classics. I mean, instant classics. Good Kid Massey was an instant classic, in my opinion. Yep. And I feel like, damn, is an instant classic, in my opinion. I feel like Two Pimper Butterfly is was very divisive, but I feel like it's the type of album that give it, 10 years time it'll be regarded as a classic similar into the same vein as it was written I feel like yes. when that album came out it was very divisive because people want that old school raw sound But they got a more commercial sound but as time went on people Began to realize the intricate stories that Nas is telling on the album and declared it a classic after that So I feel like that has the same the same uh, potential and then to me when it comes to section 80 that's more of like a cult classic, in my opinion. Yeah. So, like, if you were a Kendrick Lamar fan, you know, back when he was solely with TDE, uh, never mind Aftermath or any of like the major label stuff. If you're a hardcore Kendrick fan from that region or what have you, you're gonna see that as a classic as well. Uh, so, I feel like that's like a cult classic, in my opinion. I don't think the rest of the hip hop world may see that as a classic, but then again, it was regarded as one of, if not the best album of 2011, when hip hop, if hip hop is concerned. So. That's for a time to tell, I would say. Yeah. And then I would say, what was the album? Um, uh, Untitled. That was more of like a B side album. So it's kind of like The Lost Taste from Nas. So yeah. I don't really count that as part of the official discography because it's just albums that never really made it, basically. Or songs that never really made it, rather. Yeah. Don't forget
1: Kid, Bad City. I don't think you mentioned that. No, no, I mentioned that. Oh, okay. You're yeah, sorry. That was the first but one. Yeah, yeah. My thought with this as well, with Damn, mm-hmm. like all those other albums, you. Exactly what you said They have these Things to them Damn just kind of just Like literally made you say Damn Like they really Not did. only from Kendra's Point of view I think one of the things That's constantly overlooked About an album is, yeah. the, is the production Yeah Like he had U2 On a song That was crazy Triple X was a crazy record Um Alchemist produced Fear Oh did he? That's an Alchemist beat.
0: Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Ninth wonder. Oh, he got the Duckworth. Word. Yo, when I heard the beat, I'm like, yo, this is ninth. I know, I know those drum loops. I know that bounce and that kick that he has. This is ninth wonder. The beat change. Oh, that.
1: My nephew, I remember when that came out, my nephew, uh, he was just like, dude, those beat changes. At yeah. Duckworth. Like, Duckworth. Shout out to Andre in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yo, you're right. Those beat changes. Or Yo, on a whole different
0: level Speaking of which There's this one video I saw on Facebook actually I think I tagged you in it A long time ago But there's this guy He's listening to to, to <laughs> yes. Duckworth and the Whip where just banging Big dude Just banging to it And it changes He's just like Ooh He starts just going off Of the car And then it changes Another time um, And then he's just like Ow And then he just gets out the car and he's like Yo And then just banging it, like just dancing outside in the parking lot, comes back in, the beat changes, and they change back to the original beat, and he's just having like an aneurysm in the car, it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, like having a heart attack or something, it's crazy, but no, nah, like, like that beat was crazy. The biggest thing for me, of course, was just, uh, amidst all like the, the emotional moods that he went through on that album, just the fact that at the end of the album, if you listen to it concisely from start to finish, and you realize the entire time that, when you, re- when you listen to it from front to back um, He's telling the story of What his life had become up to this point as an MC And at the very end of that story At the very end of the album That is a story of him taking the path to, the, to where he's at right now Had he become a rapper Because had he not become a rapper As he said at the end of the album He would have been another black boy dead in America But then when you listen to that song from the start you know like as a as, as beginning track and then go backwards you realize that, that song is basically a foreshadow it's yeah. a foreshadow technique Yep. and this is why i appreciate about kendrick so much his mind is so cinematic like when he approaches albums like movies basically the pacing of it the the use of exposition within the songs the 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 proper use of, of skits and what have you He's a special mind in hip-hop, man, and I'm not afraid to say this right now, but there's no reason why we shouldn't consider him as one of the greatest hip-hop artists of all time.
1: Yeah, I think he's one of the greatest hip-hop minds of all time. Yeah. Like, a lot of things that people don't know about him, he recently said this in an interview, um, he was a straight-A student as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I think when they realized that he was great at writing, that he didn't prepare for some exam, Mm -hmm. and he aced it, and- just because he was a kid from Compton, you're not you're not supposed to make it when you're Compton, you, right? You know the cliches that come out from the right, right, and such. He just kind of he he first of all was just smart. He was lucky, mm-hmm. but he also had a really great support group. Of like course. Top Dog is considered like what the Shug Knights of today. Yeah, <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's also probably his big. If it wasn't for Top Dog, Kendrick would not be in the position he is. If it wasn't for his family. It wasn't mm-hmm. for his parents. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of people talk about Kendrick's collaboration. Yeah, and I think a big part of his collaboration is how he draws some of the best talent. Mm-hmm. Whereas you'll see in hip hop, a lot of people will just kind of do collaborations with who's hot right now. Exactly. He's very methodical. Like he yeah. has a plan. He has a vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, may not have a plan. He has a vision, mm-hmm. but he's able to come up with a plan to in, to get that vision in the forefront. And I think "Damn" was probably him exercising that skill or mm-hmm. him exercising those relationships. Yeah. Um I wish there's some things that would have like happened in history that probably would have made damn better. Yeah. So for example, Kendrick Kendrick um he met with Prince for to Pimp a Butterfly.
0: Oh, and, oh I didn't know this.
1: Yes, and he was supposed to be on the album. Oh my god. And it didn't don't happen. Don't tell me
0: that. Don't 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 <laughs> So Prince was- no! I'm pissed. I'm pissed that didn't happen. So
1: if Prince was still alive, who's to say he would not have shown up on Damn?
0: I'm pissed. See now, <laughs> now I'm mad. Now I'm mad because that would have been a wicked collaboration, man. Yeah. That. So, w- oh.
1: Like. Yeah. I, I. 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 Okay. And again, as a video guy, as an mm. editor, or filmmaker, the videos that came from Damn. Yeah. Like humble. Was just
0: insane. Humble was insane. I love the first half of DNA. The first half. Second half was okay. The first half I loved.
1: Yeah, like first the first half of DNA was not like it was insane. Not Cheeto. Like Shouts to War Machine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But uh and even Element, like we talked about Element earlier, but Element was just beautiful. Like guerrilla documentary style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no humble does like literally, it was. It was it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like I kicked over my desk when I watched Humble. <laughs> because it was just nuts. Like there's there was like six if I can if I remember if I count correctly, there's only really six shots mm-hmm. in Humble or six uh, different setups. Yeah. And they were all super Unique.
0: Oh yeah, like the uh, Last Supper scene was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, the, the burning heads kind of like it brought me back to Bone Thugs and Harmony when they used to blur out certain uh, uh logos and they use the flame or whatever. So yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah.
1: Oh, actually, the burning the burning heads piece. Yeah, yeah. Remember the Dave Chappelle joke? How if you see the one white guy in a group of black guy, watch out for that white guy. He's the most dangerous guy in the group. Yeah, yeah. If you watch that scene, there's a guy that's sitting on the on the wall, uh-huh. and it's just like, like they got all these. Like Compton thugs, if you want to call them. Yeah, yeah. And you just got this one white guy that's sitting in the middle. And that's the first thing that caught my eye. I think there's a lot of those Easter eggs in that video yeah. where he calls back like a lot of things that probably entertain him, like, you know, comedy. Yeah, yeah. Pop. He always mentions Martin a lot. Like exactly. Sitcom, yeah. So like that to me, that just kind of made me realize how intricate and how smart mm-hmm. he is because he actually has a lot of control in his music videos. Yeah. As he does on his albums yeah and i love it yeah and so there's like always these things that just stand out for him that's Mm -hmm. just just insane it's
0: bizarre it's bizarre but it's bizarre in a great way though i love it um, nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, what do you guys think about our top five albums list? I know we, we went very in-depth with this one, but it was a must nonetheless. But yeah, give me your thoughts. Comment on the video below once we post this on YouTube. Hit me up on uh, Twitter at damn underscore cool. Let me know. And the final topic that we have for as far as music goes, as far as music goes because we have one more to go overall. But nonetheless, the final one that we have is top five artists. Okay. So. For me, at number five, oh boy. Yo, Marcus is giving me this devious look right now, man. I feel like, I feel a hot take. I feel two hot takes coming right now. But nonetheless, um, top five for me. Number five, I have Drake. Number four, I have Cardi B. Uh, number three, I have Migos. Number two, Jay-Z. And number one, Kendrick Lamar. Marcus, your top five, please.
1: I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go one to five. Okay, sure. So number one, obviously Kendrick. Okay. Number two is Drake. Okay, okay. Um, number three is Jay. Okay. Number four was Vince Staples. Okay, okay, okay. Um, not necessarily just for his hip-hop presence. Uh uh-huh. He totally shined. The stuff he does with GQ and all the different magazines. Right, right. Yeah, he's for, a little all over the place, actually, for what, I, for what I, I noticed. I love yeah. that guy a lot. Number five, Gucci Mane.
0: Okay, I, I can understand. No, no, you don't can, understand. Let me I, tell you what. Okay, sure. Go for
1: so it. I'm not a Gucci Mane fan. I cannot name you a Gucci Mane. Like, song. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but there's one thing that happened this year involving him that made me put him on this list. I was working with a bunch of guys. And long story short, the statement that came from it was that, oh, yeah, man, I was listening to a lot of Gucci I was making breakfast this morning. And I turned around. I'm like, what? Yeah. Who listens to Gucci while I'm making breakfast?
0: Yeah.
1: And then the whole room's like, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, I did that yesterday. What? what I- exactly. <laughs> and I- so I was there, I'm like, what am I hearing here? Yeah. So – I started to think about it. I was like, okay, okay, that that was just a weird thing. Yeah. So, you know when something happens, you start paying attention? Yeah, yeah. I am shocked how much of an impact Gucci Mane uh-huh. has has on, like, many different cultures, yeah. many different people, mm-hmm. many different classes, where I think it's, like, he, he's, like – it's like top secret. Like nobody, they talk about it to each other. Right. But nobody talks about his imprint. Right. The only reason I'm putting on number five because he may not be like top five in the streams. Sure. But apparently he's top five in the streets.
0: He definitely is man like, And you know what You know how we were Going off about like How I don't understand Why this artist has A particular appeal Et cetera et cetera Same thing with Gucci Mane as well Like I remember back In 08 that's when I was In college And that's when he, that, That's when he was Red hot Like he was red hot right. And I never understood The appeal behind him Like I listened to him Rap and I'm like I don't get it And like Neither do I. I almost got into A fight with somebody When, when, when this person Told me how Oh Gucci Mane's More lyrical than Lupe Fiasco I was like Dude no No no, do I mean, not make me catch a charge right now. Stop the madness. I'm just like you. Don't just you just don't understand his metaphors. I'm like, bitch. Do you go to school? Like, what the hell? Like, I don't understand. Oh, that that's what made me angry. I was like, how dare you? Uh,
1: Sidebar. So, uh, yes. You just name. Would you do the top five disappointments of 2017?
0: Well, with uh, well, just in general.
1: Because we don't have to get into it. Okay. Okay. Let's put it out there. Stupid Fiasco's on my list.
0: For top five disappointments.
1: I heard that album. The one that he did at the beginning of the
0: year. Was it uh, Droga's Light or something like that?
1: I, I put it on my memory because it wasn't. <laughs> oh my God. It was not the Lupe that I.
0: Yo, know, shout out to my boy Keel. He's going to be very disappointed when he hears that.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I mean. I love Lupe. Trust yeah. me. Kick, push changed my life.
0: Trust me. That changed my life, too. I could do a whole entire show about that. And
1: maybe it might be the situation where, you know what, you hold somebody at a very high pedestal yeah. and maybe Nas, uh, for most people. Wu-Tang, mm-hmm. like the first album, Nas' right. first album. Right, right, right. Um, the, the list goes on and on. Right. I think Lupe's last album may have been that for me. Right. Fair like enough. Superstar. My best friend, one of my best friends, John. That yeah. was his wedding song. Yeah, they
0: came oh, to that's, that's a dope record.
1: But that last album.
0: Yeah, I, I maybe I may have given that last album maybe one play, but like I was so off of Lupe at that point, like and it sucks because I'm out. Yo, know, grade twelve for me, man. Like Lupe saved my life when it came to hip hop, man. Because like, at the end of the day, it's like I was really listening to a whole lot of new artists. Like I was listening to like the veterans minus Kanye. Kanye may have been like the newest artist at the time that I was listening to, but yeah. as far as like. Lyrical ability is concerning He wasn't really wowing me You know what I mean As far as How he puts words together And how he delivers them Or what have you Lupe did that for me
1: Lupe What he did back then for me Was that So I have every single issue of GQ Since 2002 Okay Because I'm just a big fan of their writing Right When they The first time they featured him He introduced me to Hype Beasts Okay so Lupe was not just a musical guy for me. He's mm-hmm. like, in, like he crossed over fashion. Yeah, yeah. He was a he was a culture
0: guy basically.
1: Exactly. He mm-hmm. was like, to me, like the Mount Rushmore of culture. Yeah. Again, that album, that album takes him off the Mount Rushmore.
0: I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling you, man. Like, and before we just change topic, I'll, I'll say this, man. Like, Food and Liquor will always be a classic in my mind. Like that is a classic hip hop record. No one can tell me any different. I only I wonder how. Much more of a classic album that would be Had it been originally released as a double disc As originally intended Had it not been leaked early I mean, um, Steady Mob Is still one of my favorite records I've ever heard, man Uh, But Despite that, the cool is my favorite Lupe Fiasco record. Yeah. Like DM Cool was inspired by that album. I'll say that like wholeheartedly, man. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that like he taught people you can be whatever you want to be and still embrace your cool factor. Don't let society tell you what's cool and what isn't cool. You decide that on your own. That's what he taught me with that album, man. Um, but going forward, man, you also mentioned you have Vince Staples in your top five. Yes. Elaborate on that, please.
1: Vince Staples is a charming, charming young lad. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, uh, like I just mentioned, I'm a big fan of GQ. Yeah. Um, GQ has done a lot of video content work that inspires me. Yeah. And they did a whole series with Vince Staples that was just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got introduced. That's how actually how I got introduced to Vince Staples. Yeah. They not really know much about his music. And then ever since then, he's just been doing a lot of, I guess, non-hip-hop Eccentric work, yeah. Like for example, uh, what's the one thing that he did with GQ? The his his um, top emojis. Okay. <laughs> so he did like his top emojis when they moved over to new emojis. Um, NBA players in their yeah. fashion, right? Like what he said that, but Michael Jordan said that I can't believe that we're pretending that Michael Jordan had a Hitler mustache and we're not saying <laughs> anything about it. Like he just, his his personality, yeah. just stood out for me since like he did that project. Yeah, and he's just been growing since. Since then Right um, Again his music's probably Not necessarily My favorite music mm-hmm. uh, Good stuff Yeah But I wouldn't put it Like on my top five this year Right But as a personality Yeah Definitely on the list
0: For sure I, I, can, I can get with that And he actually did put on An album this year It was uh, Big Fish Theory I think is what yes. it's called I think it was more Of like an electronic album from From what I've been told Yeah um, the only record I heard Off of that album Was Bag Back Because that was the, the song Used for the Latest Black Panther trailer That came out back in October And I thought it was A banging record right So I'm like I want to know who does this And someone told me It was Vince Staples I like oh okay Because yep. people have been Telling me about Vince Staples And people were like Yo you would like him You would like him I've never really given him The chance So I feel like After all these years of hearing about him, I got to give him a chance. I got to give him a chance. But yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Um, For me, I mean, Drake, I mean, he's always going to be in the top five of artists of the year, basically, because he's always doing something. Um,
1: It's it's Drake's job to be in the top five. It basically is, If he's not in the top five, then he's slipping.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Right? He doesn't want to slip. Cardi B, Like you couldn't go anywhere without hearing Cardi B. Same thing for Migos, which is why I put him at number three, even though I didn't put him in any other category. Um, But I heard him all year, basically. I heard talk about the Migos all year, so yes. I just had to. Uh, Jay, impactful album. Many will debate that this is within his top five. I'm not going to debate against it. I'm not going to debate for it. If people say that, cool. If not, cool. But this is definitely the Jay album that we all needed as Jay fans, in my opinion. And then Kendrick Lamar. You can't say much more about this guy. I mean, it's very hard to stay hot at the top of the year and still remain hot but by the end of it. I mean, he took over from April onward, and people were still talking about him till this day, basically.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I also think with this year with Kendrick, is that if you follow his interviews, if you if you listen to what he's saying, you actually understand a lot about what those records are about. Yes, like there's one thing to write albums, to mm-hmm. write rhymes, or even like make that type of music. Yeah. It's another thing to write it the way that Kendrick writes. Exactly. And because it has 100% to do with who he is. Yes. Um, again, I could sit here and dive into that for hours and hours. Yep. We do have another list I know we got to get to. which yep. is a funny list. Exactly. But, I mean, just that's just my point about Kendrick. Yeah. Kendrick's personality. Mm-hmm. He, he trumped his own personality from the years before, Yeah, which is saying, you know what, this is why. This is not, this is not who I am. Right. This is why I am.
0: Exactly. And I'll say this before we, get, we move on to the final topic of the evening. Um, I will not be surprised whether it's after his music career or during his music career, he will write and direct a film. It could be a short film. It could be an independent film that could be submitted to like a, a film festival. It could be a major motion picture that'll hit box offices. But I feel like he will write the screenplay for a movie or the script in general and then direct it or co-direct it with somebody like an F. Gary Gray or a Ryan Coogler or even a John, John Singleton because I feel like those three directors, whatever he wants to direct, he'll probably like format the vision to that, I believe. Because the way he writes, the way he crafts... His projects is exactly done like a movie. So I won't be surprised if he jumps into that endeavor. I think he should jump into that endeavor. And if he doesn't, it'll be, a, it'll be a disservice, in my opinion.
1: So I think that's probably already been done. I think we don't realize yet. Again, hot take. If you want to call this a hot take. Sure. Think about Good Kid, uh, sorry, um, Good Kid, Matt City. Yeah, that was
0: a movie on an album, basically.
1: When that album was a concept put together by Dre. What does Dre want to do now? Dre's making movies. Mm -hmm. The NWA movie? I would not be surprised if Kendrick did not write the movie, but it wasn't produced and directed by Dre.
0: I think, wasn't the screenplay written by F. Gary Gray, though? I know he directed it, but wasn't it it written by F. Gary Gray as well?
1: Yeah, yep. I believe so, but at the end of the day, Dr. Dre's nuts. Yeah, like he has an influence on it because- Dr. Dre has the greatest hip-hop album that's never been released.
0: (laughs) Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) That, like, that's like one of the greatest myths of all time, man. Like We'll, we'll never know.
1: Like everybody's on that album. Exactly. John Wall. Everyone wrote
0: on that album, yes. man.
1: Like Dr. Dre took piano lessons to do that album. Yeah. So he's definitely in the mindset of doing things big mm-hmm. and being patient about it. So right. I would not be surprised. Like you said, I think there's a movie coming down in the future. Right. And I would say it'd be an Aftermath movie.
0: Could be. We never know, man. We'll never know. Until it comes out. <laughs> but nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, what do you guys think about our top five artist lists? Hit us up on Twitter at DM underscore D sorry. Yeah, DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Or hit us up in the comment section once we post this post this on YouTube. And now for the final topic of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. I've been waiting for this. I know you all have been waiting for this. Normally I would do a countdown on Facebook, but I didn't do it this year. I've had so much stuff you know, bombard my schedule you know, for the longest time during like, the last couple of months, so I apologize for that. But nonetheless, I will get to it right now. So with that being said, for the final time in 2017, <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this year? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this year? Ladies and gentlemen, not only is it time for Wankster of the Week, but it is time for the top five Wanksters of the the year and it goes a little something like this where is that drop actually is that it right there if I drop on oh do I not have the drop on here I don't think I have the drop you know what I don't think I have the drop on here but no actually no I do I psych psych I lied there we go there we go I almost got scared for a second yeah I know right where the drop at give my drop (laughs) (laughs) All right. so top five wanksters of the year for me Number five goes to recording artist Maxwell for stating that Black History Month should celebrate everyone's history. Uh, no, sir. (laughs) Number four, the Grammys for snubbing Beyonce two years in a row for Album of the Year category. Number three, Kendall Jenner and Pepsi for their ads which basically spoofed off a Black Lives Matter protest against the police. Number two, A new reality series concept entitled Real Side Chicks of Charlotte being released. And my number one wankster of the week of the year is Miley Cyrus' comments on hip-hop music and culture, stating that it basically ruined her life for the last four years, which is why she decided to move off of it. Therefore, making her... A culture vulture And disassociating With the culture When she decided That it was no longer A benefit to her And thus Throwing it Under the bus Uh Marcus Your top five Wanksters From five to one If you don't mind
1: Alright so for Number five My top five Wanksters Soldier Boy Versus Chris Brown Okay Okay. Uh, everything about that Okay uh, Number four Maxwell saying that Black History Month should uh-huh. be celebrated by everyone. Right. I, I want to dive into that. Yeah, I know.
0: That's <laughs> another beast in itself.
1: Uh, number three. I'm actually going to change this on the fly. Okay. Ray Lewis kneeling with the players. Oh, <laughs> I,
0: I'm not didn't include that. I should have. I should have. Shit. So,
1: Ray <laughs> Lewis kneeling with the players and then saying that he was just praying. He pray. oh. Which is not Again, – okay, we're going to dive into that. Yeah, okay. My number two uh-huh. is – uh. Janet Herbert, Aunt Viv. Yeah, yeah. She her bit her. 20 year, It's not even a beef at that point. Yeah. 20 just, years of being mad at Will yeah, Smith. Yeah, you're salty. Let it go. So that's my number two. Okay. And my number one, male rompers.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, man. So where do you want to start? Oh... Let's go with the Ray Lewis thing, because I'm kinda hot on that right now. I should have that's my honorable that's my dishonorable mention. I'll say that. But yeah, um, take the reins on that for, for
1: a okay, second. Okay, so it's not about the movement, it's not about the purpose, not about the protest. That's not what stuck out to me. It's just the fact that he was like he kneeled and I was like, Oh no, no, no. I'm praying. That's what kids do, man. Yeah. <laughs> like like that's like I don't know what it's like. It's just it's literally just folding for the sake of folding. Uh-huh. So I get down my knees. I, in the moment, I changed my mind, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, no, I was just praying. praying. That's just funny to me. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> you know what I hated about that? I hated the fact that Ray Lewis came off as the biggest hypocrite of all time with that move because of the fact that he's always judging players who decide to kneel, like Colin Kaepernick, for example, being the yep. biggest one, right? Um, and then... He decided because, oh, the whole team is kneeling, guess what? I'm going to kneel, but then I'm going to flip it and say that I'm praying. Now, sure, it looked like he was praying. His head was down and everything, but at the end of the day, the optics show that you are on bended knee with the rest of the players. But because you're on two knees, it counts as praying now. On top (laughs) of that... He's always judging being the judge, jury, and executioner of all these players who are doing right or doing wrong rather, and saying that they should pull up their pants and follow order, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Wasn't this the same dude who was charged of first degree murder at one point in time? Yeah, he's the one judging? Where does that like who does that? Really? Honestly. Like, I hate it when black people have to suck up to, to the white man like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying. I'm not saying, you know, you should look at all white people with a certain prejudice eye or what have you, but when you are basically being somewhat of an apologist for a white supremacists, which is what he was doing, that's when I got a problem, basically.
1: And I agree with you. I just think it's funny that you flop like that. Like of all the people that we saw flop during that whole time yeah. protest, Jerry Jones, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That tune is just the best one. <laughs> I was, was praying.
0: It was jokes. <laughs> and he was ready to say that too from the moment that was aired. The next day on Monday or whatever the case may be, he was ready with that response. I was, my ass, get out of here with your false prophet self, man. I, I hate him. Hate him. Hate him with all my hearts. Can't stand this I
1: dude. I do love Ray Lewis. I'm not going to lie to you. He's the one who gave us the pissed off of greatness. Oh, man. But I do have a calm out on this one.
0: I just feel like... Ray Lewis to player versus Ray Lewis the analyst is like two different people now. Like Ray Lewis as a player had so much charisma on the field and what have you. But then Ray Lewis, the stooge, the corporate stooge. He reminds me of Virgil from WWE. Remember his the the, the, the hand the manservant from Ted Dibiase? Yes. He's a Virgil. That's what he is. That's actually good name. If you it. guys don't know who Virgil is, Google him and you'll know exactly why I'm calling him Virgil with this Virgil ass. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, do you want to expound upon any of your other nominees in particular?
1: Um, Soldier Boy and Chris Brown, yeah, Soldier Boy and Chris Brown. We we can't forget about that. That was right, just right. that was just ridiculous. That was
0: reckless, man. That was like, that was a good way to start twenty seventeen. Actually, I'll give them that.
1: Uh, I, the only thing I remember from that, well, I remember a lot of things, but the, the thing that stands out to me uh-huh. was I think was Soldier Boy's song. Uh, um, hit him hit what was the song? Uh, hit him with the AK or is
0: what, this an old song that he did?
1: So he wrote a song, a battle rap. Oh God! For this whole thing. Uh, oh, did he? Yeah, and it was just. Uh, oh my God! Will come back to me, but it was pretty much the the one of the names you have for an AK forty seven. Okay. Apparently, he owns an AK forty seven. Okay. Allegedly. And, <laughs> and the whole song was about hitting Chris Brown with this AK. Oh my God! And so, that that's just nuts. Um, the Maxwell one. Th-
0: He's another idiot for them So I
1: sat down. I remember that happened. I was like, oh, maybe, you know what? Maybe he's just not thinking it through. You know, sometimes when people say things, mm-hmm. they confuse themselves. Or Like when Kyrie Irving started talking about, like, you know. The, the Earth is flat. No, no. The, the one after that, when he's talking about, I think it was Kyrie Irving, talking about who is the person who figured out. That we're only using 10% of our brain. Oh, uh, wait. No, no, what, no. That was Kyrie. That was, that was Michael Beasley. Sorry, actually. Michael Beasley, thank yeah. you. Sorry. So so Kyrie Irving with the earth's flat, but then also Michael Beasley saying who figured out who's using who's how we're using 10% of the brain. Yeah. That person might be using 11 Yeah. And at first you're like, what do you you know what? Actually, with that kind of idiotic type of thinking, he yeah. might be on something because <laughs> technically he's right. It doesn't sound right. So I was trying to give Maxwell that kind of vibe. Like, you know what? It doesn't sound right, but maybe and then it hit me, I was like, No.
0: It's not right because at the end it's, of the day, like black people have a lot to do with the creation of America, basically. Like we all know what happened with slavery. Like they're the ones who built this country on their backs, basically. You know, like without with like without any consent on their end, of course. And a lot of the things that are attributed to American history, if a black person created it, it gets swept under the rug. Rock and roll, for example, blues and jazz, for example, uh, architecture, economy—like so many things—should be credited to Black people, but they don't. They don't teach that in the history books. They try to rewrite history. So Black history, even though we get the shortest month of the year, is essential to celebrate and to acknowledge all the people who made their contributions to America. And obviously, we're speaking from the perspective of black Canadians. So we can celebrate our own black history as far as black Canadians who made contributions to Canada, what have you. And it can be a universal thing all over all over the globe. So that is something that should be for us. You know, because at the, at the end of the day, when it comes to March, April, May, so on and so forth, no one's going to bring that up. February, at least, is our month to, to for everyone to acknowledge that. And if people have a problem with that, they should look in the mirror and be like, well, hey. I'm a, privileged, I'm a privileged person. My history is every day, basically. I, it gets celebrated every day. Look at the posters and the billboards. Like, You never have to worry about not being mentioned. You know what I mean? So when it comes to a lot of people who question Black History Month, they just need to look at themselves in the mirror and say, I am privileged. That's all it comes down to, really.
1: Even just from a logical point of view, it can't be Black History Month if it's for everybody.
0: Exactly. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Bigger picture. Matter of fact, hold on. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> Bigger picture, man. Um,
1: what else? I had I a uh, ad viv.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: So I have a lot of, like, I will hold a grudge for a long time. Uh-huh. I have grudges from kindergarten. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> shit. He shouldn't have took those bricks. And, and, when <laughs> and I, then You hit him with the brick. Actually, I bit him. <laughs> oh, well, wow. And then he told the teacher. And then they called my mom. It was a big scene. And I will never forgive him for
0: that. Fair enough. So
1: I understand Beefs
0: Can't be biting people though I'm just saying
1: Hey You gotta do what you gotta do (laughs) I like bricks man But (laughs) but basically The It's 20 years I
0: know Like let it go At this point Beef is
1: Like like what Nas said to Jiggy Exactly That's a beyond beef Yeah That was just That's just deep
0: Versus Dame Diddy Dame Daddy And Dame Dummy Oh I get it You biggie and he puff That's beef right there (laughs)
1: Like that is just Deep And Will Smith the Secret godfather of hip hop,
0: Yeah, I know, right? For real,
1: <laughs> like that's just crazy. But male rompers, I- I'll leave towards the end because I do have a little
0: you know, what you speak on it actually, speak on it, speak it, on it. I'm why? curious, it makes
1: no sense.
0: <laughs> I thought it was a joke at first, and I saw pictures of it. I'm like, oh, this is really happening. It doesn't,
1: it, 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 first of all, how do you go to the bathroom? One, you get I
0: I ask that I ask that to women all the time. They always tell me they gotta take the entire thing off in order to go pee. So like that's too much work. So
1: think about this. So that's different for a woman because they have stalls. Yes. Uh, they they go into. Yeah. We use urinals. Yes. So what am I gonna do? Stand in a urinal, take off my get butt
0: naked. <laughs> I gotta go into a stall at that point. Shit.
1: But again, again, male bathrooms—the ratio but, between stalls. But
0: then again, what if a male romper actually has a zipper component to it? We don't know that. I, 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 I didn't notice it.
1: I asked. So that was my very first question. Okay. So it came out. Okay. How do you go to, a, how do you go to the bathroom with you, a male romper? Yeah. Do you get naked? And every woman who uh-huh. saw that question who I asked said one simple answer. Yes. Yes. Because a male romper, a romper is just one piece. Uh huh. Like no Don't opening. they call it a
0: romp him? Is that the code name for it now? I don't care. <laughs> I checked out after that.
1: But literally you that's the, that's my th- key thing. You yeah. have to get naked in order to go to the bathroom. Yeah. When we are out in the public, primarily most of us go to the bathroom to urinate. Yes. So we're at urinals. That's why you'll see bathroom designs mm-hmm. are more urinals than stalls. Yes. So if I'm at the ACC at a raptors game uh-huh. and I decide to wear my romper. And I need to go to the bathroom. Not a good look at all. And, you know, at halftime, you got that lineup. There's people going through. So you got tens of thousands of people, thousands of people at the ACC. And they're all going to the bathroom. I'm getting naked in front of a bunch of dudes.
0: Not going to be able to do it.
1: Then go back to my seat for the Not going to be able to do it. And it's not like I'm going to blend into the crowd because I'm wearing a romper.
0: Oh, man. You know what? I think we're going to end it off on that, man. I think I think that just sums it up right there for, for Waxer of the Year for sure, man. Um, Mr. Marcus Brown, thank you for coming through, man. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're definitely welcome to come through anytime. Uh, we'll definitely get this popping another day. Um, what do you have planned for the new year?
1: So my plan for the new year is to be better than the person I was yesterday. So, True. again, I do a lot of video work, a lot of motion work. I have a lot of plans to kind of step that game up, not mm-hmm. only for myself, but for everybody else who is part of my community, clients, mm-hmm. whatever it may look like. Mm-hmm. If you want to know what that looks like, you want to see what that looks like, you can mm-hmm. see it in two primary ways. You can go to Mr. Marcus Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Instagram, so that's mr.marcusbrown, M-E-R-C-U-S-B-R-O-W-N. Mm-hmm. Or you can check out my website, www.marcus247.com. Mm-hmm. You will see a catalog of my work. And if you pay attention, you're going to see that grow really quick.
0: All right, that's what's when up, When I'm then.
1: ignoring everybody on Christmas Day, I'm yep. updating my content.
0: That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And as for yours truly, ladies and gentlemen, listening, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening, uh, like you always been have listening, you know, throughout the entire year, throughout this five year run thus far. Um, if you're a new listener, I thank you guys for tuning in. I thank you to whomever you heard from to listen to the show. All the guests I had throughout the year from January of 2017 up until now, I thank you guys for being a part of the experience and for the returning guests I've had on past years as well. Thank you for continuing to be on this journey as well. 2018 uh, is gonna be a a year man I can feel it Um, I have some plans in the works right now I'm not going to divulge what those plans are just yet just because right now they're not in motion once they are in motion then I'll give you some little Easter eggs here and there to see what we're all about but nonetheless I thank you guys for listening in thus far Um. This is the final episode of 2017. I'm going to take a two-week hiatus just to get things together and what have you. So we will be back on the air live uh, January 12th. I will let you guys know who the guests will be for that date, so stay tuned for that. Um, If you guys want to keep up with me on social media during that time, you can hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. You can also check that uh, same uh, plug out, cool underscore radio. On SoundCloud, if you want to catch up on any podcasts you may have missed, um, and then also on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube, you can find all content at Cool Radio CC. So make sure you add those up, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Once again, thank you guys very much. Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. Happy Kwanzaa, winter solstice, Hanukkah. Whatever you're celebrating, celebrate it to the fullest and be safe, be responsible, and live your life to the fullest. Once again, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy for the final time in 2017. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.